Welcome to Shooting the Breeze, and we are live from the National Convention Centre in Canberra. Joining us today, Simon Michelle from MVP Media. Guys, welcome to the show. Jacinta, as always, my co-host is here and back in sort of home ground in yeah, Canberra for a, little while. for a Caps game. Yeah, yeah, second home ground. I mean, I did live here for a good four years as well, so I still know my way around Civic. I'm already familiar with the light rail. <laughs> Jumped straight on it today. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's always nice to come back here, actually. Sometimes I think, oh, should I come and move back here for another six months or something? It's still got a bit of a hold on me, I, I think. <laughs> so we're here and it's the last game of the season for the Caps. Um, hasn't been what you'd call a great season for them if you're looking just at results. But I think if you look at the way the team's played and the way the team's carried themselves and everything that's gone on around, I actually think they've been a pretty spectacular team because it's, it's been a case of never say die. Mm-hmm. and they're fighting for every game like as if it's their last. And you, there's been some spectacular results. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, you know, kind of the beginning of the season was everything that could go wrong did go wrong in about the first three weeks. And, you know, injuries and, and losing an import and things like that. But it's, it's also the first season of a new kind of culture with a new coach. And... That side of things has just been wonderful to watch from the sideline. Uh, and, yeah, what Vili's building here is is really special. And the chemistry and stuff, off-court stuff, has been phenomenal. And it has been, like you said, Paul, that's almost that, you know, we don't care where we are on the ladder. We're coming out every night. We're going to give it what we've got. Yeah, definitely. And also, it's the DV Awareness Round, which is a player initiative. Um, we know from talking to Bunce during the week mm. that the whole team got behind her yeah. in, rela- in, in support of this. Um, what's, what's the feeling been like down here in Canberra in relation to this? Great. I mean, sorry, Michelle? No, no, I was just going to say, I, I think that certainly the team and the UC Caps organisation has got right behind Bunce, but I think the broader um, community in Canberra has been really supportive of the work that Bunt's been doing in terms of promoting um, awareness of domestic violence and the impact that it has on, on people, on the community and uh, that sort of thing. So I think it's been great support. Fantastic. So let's just talk about this a little bit. Um, I think, first of all, wh- when we were talking with Bunce and also doing a little bit of research, the... The statistics around DV were actually pretty frightening. Yeah. And um, I know you guys have done a little bit of work with Bunce on um, shooting some, some content. Um, how did you guys find it when you, when you sort of like came across some of this content? Super confronting. I mean, my first experience was um, uh, Bunce sort of approached and, and the club approached me to, to do a bit of filming for this round. And initially it was going to be like a little two or three minute thing. And um, the very first thing I shot was we had a, a member from the domestic violence unit of ACT policing came and talked to all the girls. And, yeah, it just knocked everybody in the room, I, I think, who has not ever experienced anything like that. Just knocked us for six. It was phenomenal. And um, then I ended up doing an interview with Alex that ended up going almost two hours. Um, again, just incredible stuff some of it pretty horrific and uh we sort of thought there's there's too much here to just do a little 
throwaway video that we'll only do for one round. So we're going to grow it into a, into a, like a full documentary. And um, but definitely, you know, certainly the team massively behind it, the leadership group that the Caps have. So it's Brit Smart, Jade Melbourne, and, and Bunce, uh, just right behind it, and all the girls just. I think, you know, since Bunce put out that story, in, I think it was February last year when, when Megan Husswaite had that story, uh, the support for Bunce at home games and stuff has been amazing. Some of the stories she's told about people coming out and saying to her, basically, your story helped get me out of a, a horrible situation and I'm so grateful. And We just think it's something that isn't talked about enough and is super common. So we want to try to, yeah, do, do what we can to... to grow the story a bit bigger. And I think that's a really important point that people look at this as Bunt's story and yeah it is but it's not, it could be anyone's story and I think that's a really important message is that it might be Bunt's telling her story but it could be anyone's story. Yeah, Bunce made a really good point in our recent episode that we did to promote this DV round is that uh, domestic violence doesn't discriminate. She said, you know, for me, I was a professional athlete. I was in the Opals and, you know, she's also susceptible to domestic violence and being pulled into those types of situations and I even had a message on the way here this morning from one of my newer basketball friends who I met last week playing Pride and she messaged us saying really great recent episode I was also a survivor of DV I had to leave and I had to leave with nothing so Mm -hmm. I feel like it was important we also were able to get that across and I'm sure you'll be able to peel away those layers as well in your upcoming documentary to help people realise that the whole thing is like, why don't you just leave? It's not that easy. Mm. And there's so many other conditions and variables and stuff that come with it. So well, That's very much the, the direction that the interview started to go. Is It was really a, a almost a timeline, blow by blow, of, of how Alex became involved in this situation and the place that she got to where she felt completely alone and completely helpless. And it... It was all really kind of normal stuff. Anyone who's been in different relationships, you, you know, you know sometimes they can take a bit of a left turn or you, you might doubt or something like that. But to just see this sort of, yeah, this downward spiral and uh, and the effect it had on Alex and, and the place where she got to before she was able to sort of go, no, nah, this is enough. And Because um, you, you always hear the cliched response of, uh why don't they just leave? Mm. Why don't these people just leave? You know, some guys hitting them, what, just leave. It just doesn't work like that. No. And it's, it's something as well that can um, happen over a long period of time. It can really yep. creep up in you. It can just be small things mm. over a long period of time until it sounds like Bunt's got to that realisation of actually this is a situation I'm in and this is all of the things that have happened and it's, it's a big collective of stuff that makes it even harder for people to leave once they get to that point. But yeah. I imagine as well, I mean, you've got your history of doing uh, a Jade Melbourne doco and obviously a lot of other media things with MP, MVP Media and also the UC Caps Weekly Podcast, yeah. of yeah. course. That's our baby. But <laughs> how often do you find when you're doing a documentary, you go in with one objective and you start and you're like, actually, this is a whole other story or there's all these other other kind of storylines and narratives that come come about every single time <laughs> that's why i love it because you you have a preconceived idea uh the the jade stuff came about last year off just a comment where she i think it was a week before she she left here for the at the end of season and i said oh you you're going to do a draft she goes yeah i'm going to do the draft and i said oh, what are you doing for draft day 
She goes, oh, nothing. I'm going to be at home. We're going to do a thing. And I said, we should film it. And, yeah, yeah I ended up going down there, talking to mum and dad, talking to her friends, you know, and it just from just a little wanting to capture the moment to a whole story, which I haven't finished yet because it's still kind of expanding. And, um, yeah, but they're, but they're all like that. You go in with a preconceived idea and once you get in and start pulling at the threads and asking questions and, and things, uh, it always turns into something... Um, yeah, almost always a bigger story and, and more in depth, and that's certainly the case with Bunts and why we decided, you know, we need to tell more of the story. Mm. Now, I'm going to play a, a short excerpt from this, and I'd like to get your get your your feedback on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bunts has changed a lot in good ways. Um, I know that she went through a tough time, but she's also really learned from these experiences. Um, so over the last you know, two or three years of, you know, me playing with her, knowing her, um, you know, this is our third season together, and it's really been cool how you can kind of just see her be more comfortable in herself, more confident, um, and also having Opal, I think, has also provided, you know, just a new sense of, like, who she is and who she wants to be for Opal and what type of person and mother she wants to be, you know, for her daughter. So um, she's really found her voice over the last few years. So... Yeah, it's been the most horrific experience of my life, but also on the back end of it, the most rewarding because I get to have a beautiful daughter. (laughs) I get to, you know, come back to the sport that I love and also be a voice and an advocate for something that not a lot of people are. Okay, so give us just a bit of background of... of what happened around getting this content? Um, yeah, as I mentioned before, the, the leadership group, which is Jade, um, Bunce and Prit Smart, were sort of the initial people that I talked to about the project and stuff. And we, um, I, I had a conversation with Brit one day. She just said that... Because Brit was at Sydney. I might be wrong, but I think Brit was at Sydney the year that months was at Sydney as well, she where she'd come back from Worlds and she hadn't, she only played four games, I think, in that thing, but she'd gotten to know Alex at that stage and then, you know, a couple of years passed and now they're, they're teammates here again at Canberra and she said she was just amazed at what a different person she was and if you look, kind of look at the timeline, when Britt would have been getting to know Alex was when she was in the middle of all that stuff and yeah, she said it's just quite amazing the different person that she'd become and it was almost like she sort of mentioned it like being um, getting to know a new person. It, was, it wasn't, you know, she same person, yes, but just the strength and stuff that she had and the confidence and stuff that she has now because she's, it's a, you know, as I said before, it's a, it's a quite in-depth, quite horrific story. And for her to have come through that, come out the other side and to be as strong as she is now, it's just amazing. It's um, it's it's one of those things you, you kind of need to hear the detail to go, wow, that's just horrific. But, yeah, and, and then um, the, the club had just been so supportive around, like from day one, from the very, very get-go uh, when she first contacted Paul Gorris. Paul actually contacted her. About, about coming back and playing and she was up the north coast just shooting hoops and posted an Instagram post or something and uh, and you know she talked to him and, and he was like you know we've got you 
if, if you can come back full-time, great. If you can't, great. You know, we'll look after Opal. We'll take that on board. And I think that's a massive part of, of what's helped Alex get back to where she is now is just that acceptance of her and that she went through a horrible thing and that um, she's still bunched. She's still fire on the court when she gets out there and, and that off the court, the team will look after her, the club will look after her. So it's... Um, yeah, I'm sort of rambling a bit because it is such an in-depth story. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you said, once you pull the thread, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it all unravels. Not in a bad way, but in a sense of the story unravels yeah. itself, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, we we spoke to Bumps last week, and I'll just we'll jump in and have a listen to that, and then we'll talk a bit more about DV. But then I think let's also talk about other stuff that's going on here mm. in Canberra. Sure. It was really a positive message from when we had the team, like my girls, be able to be educated by a family violence officer. And it was really beautiful to see some people who had really no idea about domestic violence be able to ask questions and go, how can we help? And uh, how can we recognise the signs of someone being in a DV relationship? What are the layers of domestic violence? And it's not just physical. It's There's so many different you know, contributors to being... Um, abused or in a DV relationship and to have that really pinpointed that it's not just you know respectfully for the victims and about the perpetrators it's about people and how we can help and how we can change the narrative that has been told about domestic violence so being able to have this platform especially in sport when we typically hear it's about a perpetrator and what they've done it's now going to hopefully shed some light on DV victims, support networks, you know, the AFP, DVCES in Canberra, ways to to recognise DV. How can we help contributing towards charities? Um, how can we change that narrative? Now, I think she touches on a really important point here, which is take the focus off the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. Because how often do we hear in the news, oh, this person did this or that person did that, rather than flipping the script? Yep. How important do you think that that would be in helping shift the perspective on domestic violence? Look, I think it's really critical that we start to understand the impact of violence on people and and the places that it takes them and where it puts them and how important the support and the assistance that they need at that, particularly that point of time when they are ready to make a move and, you know, taking away those barriers for them to be able to to make a move. So from that perspective, I think what what Alex was talking about there is about... um, the promotion and the awareness around what is an option for a person who's in a, in a violent relationship and, and feels stuck and feels like they have no options or no, no way out. How do we get that message out there that, you know, 
shame is one of the one of the experiences that people have who are, for whatever reason guilt shame um, you know there's embarrassment attached to it and part of that's because we don't talk about it you know when we start talking about it and I don't want to use the word normalize it because that's not right but understand that it can be anyone at any time and, it, and there is no discrimination so so I think raising that awareness and, and having that platform that Alan's Alex has got is just fantastic. Yeah, we, we touched on the episode, our podcast episode as well about how it's all very hush-hush and it's historically mm. been this thing and even in pop culture references, you know, like the post-World War II movies mm. where the soldiers would come home and they'd be perpetrators of domestic violence and everyone knew what was going on and no one said anything. Mm. And so I feel like the what Bunt said about changing that narrative of don't focus on the perpetrator, focus on what is actually happening. Yeah. And I, while you were talking, Michelle, I did go on Instagram, but I was listening. But I was mostly looking up the stats because I follow a couple of other pages on Instagram, one mm. being a page called Dangerous Females, and they are very good at posting the, the stats. So as of a week ago, already 11 females in Australia have... Uh, lost their lives to domestic violence and that was a week ago so in that time I'm sure by statistics there would have been at least another two or three and it's only what the 4th of March yeah exactly right yeah and see that is that's a crazy frightening statistic and we don't hear about it Mm. it's just not it's the media doesn't make any Mm. anything out of it um it's not it's not brought to the fore so people just don't don't see it because they don't see mm. it they forget about it and you know there, there are other statistics that we came across like the the cost to the country in terms of you know the impacts to, to, to people who are, are victims the impacts financially the impacts are huge as yeah. well mm-hmm. it's just a frighteningly big number and nobody seems to be wanting to approach this as a subject that needs to be brought out made obvious so that people will start paying attention. The statistic that stuck the most in my mind was that 47% of all physical assaults are related to domestic violence or family violence. So half of the criminal assaults that happen are related to this. You know, you always tell... uh, Straight away I thought... You know, we've got an 18 and a 20-year-old. We're going, oh, you know, when you go out at night and da-da-da. And obviously, situationally, you're probably more likely for that to happen. But but the statistic bears out that you're more likely to be assaulted in your house, yeah, in your home. by someone that you know and trust. that you and love. Yeah. Yeah, that then was... down at Civic Macca's on a, exactly. after being at Mooseheads till 2am. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what... Um, a bit of... Later, just Canberra. dropping in that little, Canberra reference. Lo- yeah. <laughs> a little, little bit of local knowledge there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> The, the comment about the media and the stories, it's also for me, it's when there is a story, it's always about um, what comes out is, you know, it's about this family situation and, you know, oh, this person was distraught because whatever, you know, the family had broken up. Well, it's not relevant, right? Mm. This is a murder or an assault mm, or whatever. Yeah. Use language that reflects what it is. Not yeah. what we want to make it. Yeah. 100%. Like, there's lots of headlines in the media, especially some of these Instagram pages like Dangerous Females. They'll take a headline where it says, you know, family lost, blah, 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 and they'll change and go, no, no, man murdered family. Say it, like, exactly how yeah. it is. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, based on what we've just spoken about in terms of the statistics and the um, funding and how it's not accurately reported in the media, it all just kind of confounds that women... I just can be seen as disposable. 
And add to that, then you get, and I know I'm going to get, probably going to get a lot of flack for this, you get the people that are apologists. Oh, yeah, well, you know, the guy was driven to that because. Yeah, the victim blaming stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, if he was allowed to see his kids, if he was allowed to do this, you know, it's like, yeah, no, no, it's, it's really simple, okay? All of that, sure. Yes, it would be, but there's a reason why that's occurring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? So take that out of the equation. It, it is not an excuse. You know, that is not an excuse for perpetrating that sort of violence on anyone. And anybody who actually comes up and makes comments like that, you know what? In the bin. Mm. Right? That's it. You're done. Yep. yep. In the bin. I love that. Did you, did you take that from me? I like to yeah, say in the bin. Because so, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I say that. Maybe I've rubbed off on yeah. Paul a little bit with my slang. In the bin. You bin. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> right. Um, and I think probably the other thing that's going to be the big impact here is, you know, and, and I was talking to somebody just the other day and I said, you know, I was talking about the, the DV round and I was talking about bunts and, and they were like, they were shocked and they didn't quite process it's here's somebody who's played at the highest levels in the sport the sort of person that you look at from the outside this would never happen to them and it did which says it can happen to anyone so why the hell are you you know why the hell are you are you not taking taking more more steps to bring this into a subject that's discussed. Mm. It's like, it doesn't matter what the reason is. It's, it's unacceptable behaviour. Yeah. And that's the stuff we need to, I guess, normalise probably isn't the right word, but that's the stuff I think we need to be saying to people is violence is never a solution. It's never all right. I get distraught when I watch caps go on the road and lose by 30 points, but I don't smash the crap out of my TV. Yeah, exactly. The irrational response I don't blame the girls. Yeah. I don't blame the opposition. Yeah, you can get, still get upset, but you don't have to yeah, um, yeah. channel your emotions into violence. And sorry, that's not to belittle the real problems, but... No, 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 no. no. Um, but it, it is that kind of how you respond and react to things. Yeah. And the the whole thing that Paul was saying before, how people are like, oh, they were, so-and-so was driven to this. It's like, no, yeah. no, no. You always have a choice of how you choose to behave. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that is always not a good choice. Like no. Always a poor choice. No, and I mean, you know, like, there was that really horrific incident a few years ago up in Queensland, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not going to go into the details over here, but all I remember is that the people from Sky News, right, particularly from their opinion crew from the Nazis at night, uh-huh. were coming out going, oh, yeah, but, you know, look at what happened to him. And like, yeah, no. No, don't look at what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah. There's no excuse. Just none. The only thing we should be looking at is that he murdered a bunch of people. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where you just stop and draw the line yep. and don't say another word. Mm-hmm. But... You know, until people stop doing that, right? It, there's, it's it's almost like the media is giving it so they're giving it a, a tacit approval yeah. by saying, "Oh, but there was a reason, and there, there is no reason." Mm-hmm. That's right. 
And I think the other thing on that is just about that, that behaviour. You know, those people have relationships. Those perpetrators have relationships with a whole range of other people who probably yeah. do things that they don't like, don't approve of, whatever it is, but they don't behave the same way with those other people. Yeah. And it's not acceptable for them in that context, so it's not acceptable in the family or relationship context either. Absolutely. Now, I mean, it, it has been a heavy topic, yes. right? Yes, it has. Yep. So let's try and shift gears a little bit because we're here to watch a basketball game yep. today. We are. And, you know, the, the, one of the things I think for me is that, and, and I'm going to go back to some, some things that we discussed before, it's like we've got a team here who's literally played their hearts out mm-hmm. all season. Um, you know, and I think for me that the level of injury that the clubs had to suffer throughout the season um, has been like frightening. I mean, you know, to me it's it's like I don't think the team's actually been able to put a full starting five on the floor more than two or three times this season. Yeah, I think when we when I talked to Jade after the win and we did that little clip, I think at the time we'd only had two players that had been on the roster for the entire just nine games leading up to that or something. Just just like I said, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong this season. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they've just they've just done so well, and and part of what we do, you know, with our podcast is is try to talk about that because early on in the season there were some of the Canberra fans were like, oh, you know, getting Veerly was obviously a mistake. Oh. oh, this team's no good, and we're and we use the phone, almost, we use the term fan in yes. that situation lightly. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Troll is probably the right word. Yeah. But, uh, and we were almost kind of trying to educate people and going, well, this is professional sport. This is what happens. Can happen to any club. Can happen at any time. And you know, this is the reality. Yeah, we're upset. We're not happy. We're watching our team lose by thirty points. But you know, here's the reality. They're working their arms off there feel he's got a great product a great system she wants to put together we've got the most exciting young group of players you know um, I mean Jade goes without saying just being able to watch her develop into that star player this season Um, Shanice Swain you know great stories like Nicole Munger who Got a lifeline for MBL One. Had a great MBL One season with Newcastle, and Vili gave her a call. And went, we're in a bit of trouble, mate. Do you want to you know, come down? And she's thinking, oh yeah, cool. This is an opportunity. And she's been thrust into a starting spot where she's averaging like 10, 12 points a game, and, yep. and it's taken the league by yep. storm. There's so many good stories, mm. and so much upbeat stuff to talk about this season. Yeah, when you said earlier, Paul, uh, about you know the on paper or the ladder, the Caps result haven't been you know what you would hope for when you're a, a, a fan of a sporting team. It, I think it depends sometimes where you look for results. Yep. Um, because some of the stuff you just said, Simon, you know, there are definitely results in this team for sure. Absolutely. I mean, the development of the younger talent, the fact that they went and beat Bendigo and Bendigo is still in their prime during this season. Yep. 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 Um, that was a huge result. And I mean, Absolutely. sure, they're still not, you know, they've probably missed some games they should have won, but they've still beaten Adelaide. They were a top four contender team until quite recently. Yeah. So... Yeah, there's definitely there's always results there. Uh, just depends on your perspective and where you find them. But um, it's like uh, when you said the, the the so-called fans, and I say that in inverted commas, mm. uh, were so quick to judge Veerly and the yeah. system yeah. and whatever. 
um, at the same time, I was like, you know, this isn't the only sporting team in history that has gone through a rebuild, <laughs> right? A new coach like and they, a bit of a bumpy start. Like, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. this happens <laughs> exactly. to a lot of other sporting teams in the world, not even just in Australia. Exactly. Every and people, one. people were quick to forget that I think it was Gorry's first season that he yes. went through a season with, yep. like, two wins for the season. Yeah, correct. Early in a on, rebuilding didn't, didn't phase. Have a great one, yeah. so, and, and, you know... The, the other thing is that when you have that kind of disruption with injury and what have you, you your whole um, dynamics change and you've got to change. You might have gone into a season with some expectations around the way you play the game and the systems you put in place. You know, lose one, two key players and that changes that stuff completely. So there was a whole um, process of a reassessment and adjustment to what your playing group looked like. Mm. And for me, the success is in the fact that you could see the team building. Yep. Like week in, week out, they were building. And, and that was Considerably really... Considerably better each week. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that was really positive. Oh, absolutely. And I think the other thing that I really like about this group this year is that they kind of, you know, under all of the adversities to take a, a big page out of the Opals and Graffies book of uh, terminology, handling adversities. <laughs> yeah. It's ingrained. It's ingrained. It? It's ingrained in my life. She ingra- yeah. I, it was one season under Graffy and she ingrained it in my whole life. 20 years later. Oh my gosh. A serious imprint. But um, I mean, the, the number of adversities is countless for this team in this season. But the thing I love the best is that when you're in that situation with a new team and you're really going through it, you have a choice of falling apart or yep. becoming much stronger. Mm. And even as people, as a group, on and off the court, they have gotten so strong. I remember talking to Jade after they lost uh, their third game to the Flames when you played at Kudos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And she was uh, having a tough time mentally after that game. She was yep. not 100 yep. She's not her smiley self. No. Um, and so you know something's wrong when Jade's not her smiley <laughs> <Yep>. self. <laughs> but... Um, I did, one thing I asked her, I'm like, so, but what's the group dynamic like? Are you still lo- like, do you still love each other off the court? Are you still helping each other? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's will pull you through anything. Mm. Yep. As long as you have that as part of your team, and you can see it like the way that they interact with each other, either now or they're having their shoot around um, on socials. They're always out together on roadies. That is going to be such an important part of building that team culture from inside out for the rest of this rebuild in the next two, three years, I think. Yeah. It's I always think... been the DNA of the Capitals to, to have that strong culture yeah. and that, um, you know, it's not, we're not just a basketball team. It's, it is almost a family thing. You know, Graffy had it, Gory had it in spades. Veely, who learnt a lot of her, her coaching trade from Gory, yeah, it's a very similar... And being coached by Graffy too. Exactly yeah. right. So it's 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 a, a holistic approach. And I think it's, you know, you go to look at any successful franchise in any sport anywhere in the world, and I think that's the key to it. But uh, you've got a good foundation, you've got a good culture, and, and people buy into that. Mm. Yeah. And I think I was actually surprised by some of the comments that I saw floating around. I mean, there was one not that long ago where, you know, somebody called really a rookie coach mm-hmm. and I'm like oh, hang on yeah <laughs> this yeah. this is not a rookie coach technically okay. by the letter of the law for the WNBL maybe maybe yeah but yeah. this but is not a no and you know I mean it, you see comments like that you just kind of think to yourself really yeah you know are you, are you guys 
Because at the beginning of the season, there was, like you said, yeah. there was a lot of vitriol pointed, poured at the club. Yep. You know, oh, the rebuild hasn't been handled right. Oh, the, the, the coaching's not right. And it's like... Why do we let all those players go? Yeah, why, why do we let we, all those yeah. players go? All of that, and it's... And I think, you know, yes, the, the, the fans and in inverted commas want to see the team win. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as you said, every team goes through a rebuild. I remember, you know, a few seasons back, the the Flames went through a really bad season. Cheryl's last season as, mm. as yep. head coach. Yep. You know, the team was barely able to put a, a starting five on the floor for more than two or three games. Yeah. Yep. It was just, you know, loss after loss after loss. But the team, you know, kept their, their head together, kept their attitude right on the basis that a win is going to come. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see the same with the Caps this year. That it's there's a a win is going to come, and it did (laughs) in a pretty big way too. Yep, a big win. Yeah, (laughs) you you really saw a bit of a floodgate open after that game too. Even even the next game, the following week, they're just playing with more freedom, and it's like, okay, it does work. The system works, and cool. We know what we're doing now. And and the pressure's off. Yeah, yeah. The pressure's off, and you can just play with that extra level of freedom and. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty amazing game that that one, and I think you were talking about um, the fans. Well, the fans, there's all those people on social media who troll, but you come here, yeah. you know, and we're still getting crowds over at least a thousand every week, right? So we might not be winning games, but the clubs love the communities embrace these girls, and and these girls embrace the community. I mean, that that's why people keep coming back. Is because they're good to watch on the court, but they're good people off the court. And it's that engagement and being part of the community that, that really, um, I think, is part of the, the Canberra culture as well for the, for the UC Caps. Yeah. yeah, and you've got so many people here. I mean, setting up today, still seeing the likes. Obviously, you guys have been involved in the program for a long time. You've got Bruce over there yeah. who's been involved, bringing over his shirts from... You know, 1999. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, and that stuff, we need. Honestly, he makes a good point. And we need to treasure some of that stuff a lot more because he's got the signed shirt from that championship winning team. Mm. But it's, it's more a reflection of uh, the loyalty that the fans and the volunteers and the community have with the Caps as well, yep. which I think is um, makes Canberra and the Caps and the community so, I, I guess, one of the best fan bases in Australia, like regardless of code or anything. Like if you would if you would have asked me what team in Australia had a really good fan base, would be Caps would be my number one mm. off the top of my head. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think for anybody who's never really followed the Caps, one of the things that I, I've always found amazing is the the strength of the fan base, how strongly the fan base follows the team, and even you know. The number of fans that would go up to Sydney to watch a game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we also know a few people from Sydney who will, who just come down to watch the Caps play as well. Yeah. Um, that's pretty special. And that's the sort of fan engagement that you want all the clubs in the WNBL to have because yep. that's going to help the league grow as well. Absolutely. So how do we bottle the what the, what the Caps have? <laughs> Gosh. Million dollar question that one. <laughs> nine, nine odd championships in twenty years yeah. helps. Uh, the most successful Canberra sporting team ever. Yep, yeah. definitely. Um, it, 
I think one of the things, though, was that I think, um, and like I've been around the Caps for ever and a day, okay? One of the key turning points, I guess, in the Caps history was, and I'm going to say Carrie Graff. When yep. she came to Canberra, because I coached against her when she was in Sydney, and then she came down and she, she was here two coaches later, I think it was. Yep. Um, and for me, the turnaround was the level of professionalism that she was seeking and the level of, um, I guess, promotion and work with sponsors and, and the community generally to build that kind of profile. Um, but it was more than just um, promotion. It was a genuine interest in how can we become embedded in the community as an organisation. And I think that the work that was done back then um, and the investment that was put into that by... And it wasn't just Graffy, it was the owners at the time, which was Buscal ACT at the time, yep. actually um, supported that. And so I think if you've got your management and you've got the right people in place and you can do that foundation work, that stays on forever. And, you know, there was an article in the Canberra Times, I think it was today, about um, Tony Hall, who's 91 years yeah. old and has been coming yep. to the capital since 1984, yep. you know, and they just build those lifelong relationships. And it doesn't matter who comes and goes on the floor, but it's that, it's that culture, again, that we're talking about that would be great to have in other clubs. I think you know, promoting it is a lot of it because I think anyone who knows a lot about basketball, anyone who's a, a keen student of the game and loves it or plays or coaches and stuff, women's basketball is far closer to real basketball than watching the NBL or certainly the NBA. Oh, the NBA is junk food. NBA <laughs> kills me. I know. It's really exciting and amazing, Curious. but it's not <laughs> basketball. It's some weird hybrid, but it's... Um, and I think so many people, I've heard over the years so often, people going, I had no idea they were that good. Oh, yeah. Oh, Until they come to a game you know, and they see it. We, we were talking about a similar story before yeah. we were getting started. I think before you arrived of how, I think we are talking about the Sydney Flames. Well, actually, we are talking about the venue and how intimate it is with the seating so mm. close. Yep. And then we were reflecting on some games and um, the Sydney Flames used to play at the uni. Yeah. And it's a similar setting where it's very close to the court and the anyway. Uh, and I remember taking two friends who to the first game of three when Sydney were in the grand final with Dandenong. Mm. Two basketball journalist friends, two friends I studied here at UC with, uh -huh. so they were here for the whole my caps journey in inverted commas also. Um, and they were just like, this is unreal. The, yeah. the quality of this game, the pace, the talent. And I was like, where have you been? Yeah. And you need to come back because this is what it's been like for so long. And yeah. I mean, when was that final series for? A decade ago? Jeez. It's like 90s. Oh, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, yeah you are. I'm trying to think, you know. 2016, 2015 or something. Look, you get to an age oh, where 16, everything's a decade ago, 16, right? 17. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was, not, not quite a decade Yeah, ago. not quite a decade. And, but I mean, I think that's part of it is as there's a drive to try and professionalise the sport, mm -hmm. There's barriers that go up between the fans and the players and the club. Yeah. And, okay, I understand it from the point of view of the NBA, right? I don't get it for basketball in Australia. Mm. We're not the AFL. No. We're not the NRL. You need to win those people over. You need to get them to be really rusted on. 
Yep. And venues like this where you're, you know, up close and personal with the game, yeah. I think that really helps develop mm. that. Whereas if you're trying to, you know, follow that model of, you know, that, that NBA model of, you know, we have these untouchable stars, yeah. you're actually building a, a barrier between the fans and the players. And ultimately, you know, if you're not one of the two major sports, two or three major sports, mm then that actually works against you. Yeah. It was interesting watching LJ this season and she did the signing thing, which she did way back in her first season here. Yeah. Uh, always did it. And uh, some of the commentators were like, this is amazing. All these kids lining up to get Lauren's signature. That's like, we do that at the end of every game here. And I'm sure other clubs do as well. But... That's kind of never been highlighted until this season where yeah. everyone's going, oh, look what they're doing with Lauren Jackson. And it's like, well, hang on, that's a lot, that happens at, at the end of a lot of games too. And that, that that's part of, like Michelle was talking about before, because there's that, you know, it's the whole you can't be what you don't see thing. And, and there's just, it's three or four hundred, well, maybe getting a little carried away this season, but uh, hundreds of kids just pour onto the court at the end of the game and they're just... And it's the same kids every week getting the same signatures and stuff because yeah. they just love it. They mm. just feel like well, they're they, part of it. They'll have something new to sign, though, each yep. week. So <laughs> one week it's a poster, <laughs> one week it's a ticket, one week it's a school book. You know, they've got to get everything. We did a video for the preseason game against uh, the Flames down at Tuggeron, mm. and... I ended up filming all these clips of people that were uh, all these kids that had signatures on their faces and on their foreheads and stuff because they didn't want to write they, on their shirts. They, so they, the, they didn't yeah, want to miss right. out. I don't want to miss out. I'm like, that's gold. Because <laughs> even uh, I got Jade Melbourne to sign my cheek. Oh, I've actually got a photo for Jade Melbourne to sign. Actually, me being the over, the overgrown fan girl over here. Okay, but, guys, guess what? We got a surprise guest ready to jump on. Yeah, and it's Bunce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is cool. Hey, Bunce. Hey Great live. to have you on the, on the show. And we're live. I know. This is amazing. <laughs> I didn't want to talk too loud, but I was like, can I go on and say hi? Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> even though I'm not playing, I was like, I need to, you know, I need to say hi to everyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've, we've been having a, a good long chat about the DV round. We've been having a good long chat about the, the, the content that... Um, that that's been developed around yep. it and you know it's great to have you on so how have you been look i said before when i was leaving my house i'm more anxiously excited and i'm not even playing i was like <laughs> i'm gonna get to the stadium and i'm like there's just the the energy around today um even just from the girls this morning when i gave them the scrunchies that were donated by scrunchico and just the the appreciation from everyone, even Sammy Whitcomb, you know, she's been talking to me today. She messaged me a couple of times, just wanting to show support. And, you know, Jenno Hay messaged me, um, you know, everyone just kind of, even though it's like a personal message for like my experiences and like my advocacy, they've all thanked me and I've thanked them back for what they're doing and how they're sharing this as well. Because mm-hmm. it, I keep saying it's bigger than us. And the league has really taken that on by the girls in each team, really, or the women, I should say, in each team, supporting each other in the Lifeline round today as well. You know, that's huge. Like, for us to be able to have multiple things happening in one day, like, you know, there's no, there's no like, oh, this was our day to do our thing. It's like, hell yeah, we're going to do every single thing that we can as this league and as women and as individuals, and I'm just so proud to do this. 
it's just, it's amazing. I think, you know, just looking around the venue, it, it just has this feel about it. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes you walk into a venue just before a game, it kind of feels hollow and empty and yeah. kind of flat. And today it's really different. Yeah, and I think it's that, it's almost like I've even had it, that realisation that we can really make our mark in whatever we really want to do as athletes, as professionals, as women, as people, as friends, family. And to, to speak up and use our voices together, that's huge. You know, to involve everyone. Like, even having you guys here, having Simon do the video, you know, that's just... It's everyone coming together and, you know, there's people in purple already, you know? Yep. So it just shows that togetherness and I think that's what we're feeling. We're feeling how everyone's coming together for not just DV but as a community and um, for women's basketball. Like, it's... I'm just, like, blown away. <laughs> uh, and I think one of the other things that this actually says is that the league, the WNBL as a whole... Yeah. When it really puts its mind to doing things like this, right, things happen. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, we use our platforms. Like, we use what we have. We use the resources we have. And, you know, today, like, there's people asking around, you know, can I do anything? What can we do? You know, like, let's wear a ribbon. Let's do this. Like, you know, can, can, we, can we help out on the bench? Like, it's, it's just... It's everyone from every position, from the fans to our physios are just coming together and like just just a small amount of people but then when you go to the league like imagine how many people like we're affecting from that in a positive way mm. like we're not just doing it for ourselves and yeah when you put your mind to something good things can happen absolutely now we've got to ask you yeah right who's going to win tonight look I don't know. I'm always going to say Caps, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Go Caps. Um, <laughs> look, we even have an energy about us that's, you know, we're hyped. And I keep saying this, I'm so proud of the girls because we have seven tonight. And a lot of teams would look at that sometimes and be like, how are we going to get that done? Like, what are we going to do with that? But we have seven and we're like, we're going to put our seven out there. We've got seven on the bench. with an even split. <laughs> we're behind them we'll get your water bottles we'll make sure everyone's ready and we're just going to have some fun out there you know obviously we still take it very seriously and we want to you know hold our own pride and hold our heads high for each game but yeah it may be the last game but we're just we're just here to finish it out on a positive note so win or loss we're going to even though we all want to win but um, <laughs> you know you never know So I think the thing that just the way you've put it you got seven that can go on the floor and seven backing up on the bench. Yeah. It's pretty much, that's been the entire season for yeah. the Caps. It's just... Exactly. Nothing new. And I think I've messaged that to some of the girls this week. I was like, hey, guys, nothing new. Let's go. Even like me <laughs> announcing, because, you know, they pulled the pin on me on Friday morning um, just to make sure, you know, I take care of myself and, um, you know, do what's best for, like, the longevity of my career at the moment. And... Um, I just said, I was like, nothing new, guys. Someone out, you know? Who else wants to step up? Like, so, <laughs> I think, but I think that's really cool. I think this is like, this has been a, a growth uh, season for us. And I think even some of the vets, um, including myself, um, yeah, we've just learned a lot and we've learned to handle that adversity. And sometimes, you know, adversity is always taken, like you're going through something tough and you've got to like fight out the end. But like, we're looking at each opportunity to do something great with it. So, and that's what each each woman on this team has done it's to me i see this this attitude that the that the club's bringing to the, to the floor 
Um, particularly in being a first-year rebuild, mm. right? I'd be real worried for next season. Yeah. Right, because this there's going to be this is a team that's going to be from the adversity that you mm-hmm. faced this season. This is going to be a tough team next season. Well, you look at how we've like our trajectory. We've gotten better. Like at the start of the season, like we were being you know flogged almost. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and it hurt, and it hurt our egos, and it hurt like because we had that mentality that we still have that we wanted to go out there we wanted to fight we wanted to use our athleticism and you know when Gemma went down you know that was like a kink in our chain but we're like all right no we'll be fine kind of thing you know we had some you know one of our players leave and we're like all right now we'll be fine but so we're kind of like getting beaten down a little bit um on court and off court with you know players leaving and players getting injured and losing so there was a lot of negativity and heaviness but honestly like we never saw it as that like there was like this weird um, positive vibe of like, all right, cool. Well, what can we do to fix that? Or what can we do to like fill in that gap? Or how can we fix that kink in our chain where we're like, okay, let's just like get the next thing done. So it's been really cool, and I've never been part of a team that has been able to do that, honestly. And you know, we we don't have egos in our team. We don't have. We're not playing against each other. Like we're all together. We're all doing this for each other. And you know, our coaching staff have brought some pretty cool things for all of us to keep learning continue to learn and I think that's a really beautiful thing when regardless of what age you are or even if you've hit the WNBL and that's like as far as you're going to go as an athlete or we were still going on you know um, Ray's going on to LA Sparks but she's learnt so much here still and that's a really cool thing as an adult professional athlete to continue to learn is a rare thing but we've had the ability and the environment to do that and I think that's it's going to be scary for people next year because we're always growing and our trajectory has not gone downhill. It's always been going up. And you've also kicked off the WNBL 24 silly season by announcing I know. the big Dang. signing. Come on. I know, she set the, she set the bar, so watch out, people. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, and it's cool, though. Like, you know, we need to keep... Um, the, the legacy going, you know, like we're, we're trying to form our own legacy from this season too, you know, with new coach and, you know, younger players and new players, but even building the history from ACT basketball to have some ACT locals, like yeah. that's cool. You watch the crowd go nuts when Abby Solway hits the court oh, tonight like, as a DV. She had her first sort of big big stretch of minutes last week when we had injuries in that game as well. <laughs> and it was like second quarter, it's like Abby's on already yes. and the crowd just went, yes! Yeah. And, and these girls are on the cool. bench just going, yes! Yeah, and that's like the great thing, like, you know, a lot, you know, ACT small and you look at Vic and New South Wales and Queensland, there's always locals, you know, even mm. sitting on the bench or the DP players, yeah. but um, we have DP, like, DP players who can play and um, step up and Sometimes they don't get as many minutes as they have been, you know. But, like, look at Chloe last week. You know, she showed up. And she was just doing her she thing. And, like, her. that's so cool. Yeah. And, and also, you know, Sheree Kalia. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. How did I not mention her? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I was like, I said to her this morning, I was like, you're going to shoot your shot this week? Yeah. You better. <laughs> I was like, look what you can do. Yep. Um, but, yeah, confidence goes a long way. And, um, you know... We, we're pretty hard on ourselves as athletes, but when you do have a game like that, it's. Um, I think everyone needs that time. You know, that time in their life where they're like, "Oh, I can actually do this." You know, yeah. I'm, I'm meant to be here, kind of thing. 
So, yeah, I hope she uh, shoots a shot tonight. She needs it. Seven players, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Keep sinking them. And the other thing I've noticed is um, there's quite a few people wearing um, that first edition Bunce T-shirt. The OG Bunce T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. Even Opal has a little one. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what's funny? Everyone's is crinkled, so they've like gone like, oh, all right, even mine in the cupboard, I'm like, oh, it's time to bring it out. <laughs> That's how you know it's OG. I mean, what, <laughs> it's what, in the cupboard. <laughs> what they need to do is um, need to come up with a, a, a second edition. You just change the colours a little bit mm -hmm. so that you can tell who had the OG and who's, yeah. who's bought the second edition. Well... Emma and I were speaking, we need to do it almost in order of the poster. So it's like, well, we should make the shirts and release the poster. That was for each game. So it's like, you know that the bunch shirt, I think it was like the second or third game, but like the first... Um, sign was like um, it's bunting season and it was like Looney Tunes yeah, <laughs> on the fun. yeah my dad loves it and I was like I need to make a shirt of this but I think that'd be really cool to have like the line of shirts because you know no one really does that no one draws a picture for a, like basketball game as a poster and then no. is as creative like that and then continues it and then puts it on a t-shirt um, but I think now like with this awareness and um the stuff that we can do moving forward, I think that'll be a really cool idea. Yeah, we've got a couple of um, artists in the in the Caps family that have done some great artwork, like Lil that was on the yep. show with you guys. Yeah. She, she does a whole lot of really good digital. She made some shirts for yeah, Opal, yeah. Yeah, yeah and my mum. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. Like, I think we need that and the community to get behind things like that. We get, in the off-season, we'll work on this little Capitals Cottage industry stuff yeah. that we'll get along <laughs> we'll the We'll just side. have our own line. Yeah, we'll have... Caps health drinks next season or whatever else it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have our own sports line. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. I keep seeing purple everywhere. Today, yeah. everything was purple. Yeah. Everything around me, I noticed that was purple. Like, even I just looked down and I see the scrunchie. I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, you know, one of the refs, she did her nails purple. Oh, wow. Um, Morse, you know, and she awesome. came up. Yeah, and I think that's so cool. I'm like, so that, does that mean you're on our side tonight? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, I'm not allowed to answer that question. No, that's yeah. right. We'll no, check no, in in an hour and a half. No, no. Let's yeah. see how you feel then. Yeah, I'll see if I'm still smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Promise I won't yell too loud. <laughs> so I mean, Pizzy won't get fouled out tonight. That's fingers crossed. Because she came up to me and she's like, I see purple everywhere and there's a purple Tesla. And I was like, that's Aiden's. Wow. <laughs> Aiden, assistant coach, has a purple Tesla. I've seen that. I didn't know it was Aiden's. Right? You mover and shaker, Aiden. I yeah. know. <laughs> wow. I know. And I said, Aiden, thank you so much for getting your Tesla wrapped purple for this round. It means so much. Yeah. That's a step up, man. That's a big step. Yeah. <laughs> big statement. I love it. Thank you. So we're getting close to winding up our live pod. A mm -hmm. um, couple of questions I did want to ask you, though. Um, during the NBL one season, are you going to be looking to play basketball or are you going to be taking the break for the next WNBL season? Um, I was tossing up playing, uh, but I really wanted to see what pathway is going to help me with a lot of the DB stuff that I'm doing. Yep. being a mum and keeping my body in like the best condition I need to have for next season um, and I was so close to signing and I was like Do you know what I'm just going to play for Canberra you know Nat Hurst is you know talking with me and I was like that's it I'm going to play for Canberra it's easy yes yeah I know I was like I'm doing it <laughs> um, and then last minute I kind of pulled the pin just because 
I needed to I need to figure out a couple of things um, off court, as I said, with DV and um, with Opal, and I just wanted to kind of be a mum for a little bit again. Um, and yeah, I didn't really want to be travelling in a bus or a car too much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a little girl. Um, but yeah, I've had some interest to do a couple of basketball things, but um, time will tell, and that's a secret for. Okay. <laughs> and just before we leave you go, um, Opal's birthday today. Guys. Yeah. Today was crazy. <laughs> awesome cake. ACDC. Oh, that cake. Right? Will... <laughs> and then I see someone in an ACD shirt here. And I'm like, did you know it was Opal's birthday? Uh, but she's 100% going to think that all the purple is for her birthday. And... <laughs> We're going to be playing Happy Birthday at some point. I don't know if it's halftime or after the game, but I'm going to get the crowd to sing. Wow. <laughs> so that's going to be, I think it's going to be a, a core memory for her. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, she, she's loving it. She's been excited all day. She's probably napping right now. Or on a sugar high. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I left it with my family. My, my, vote, yeah. my vote's yeah. going to go for the, the sugar high. <laughs> I said I had to go and I just left. <laughs> I, want know, I want to know what you're going to do for a fourth birthday. If you get 1,200 people singing happy birthday for a third, you've got to top that oh, next year, Oh, you're going to have to top it, yeah. Well, that's why I have extravagant cakes, which our team manager, Tracy yeah. Peacock, also known as Tracy Beattie, Caps legend, Makes cakes. Amazing cakes. Yeah, and she made Opal's last year, and I was like, well, it'd be rude for me not to get her to make it. And I was like, all right, see you next year. We need to work out our last game of the season. Every season is now going to be on the 4th right? of March. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, to the WNBL. Yeah, guys, you're listening. If you, no, they are listening. So, <laughs> absolutely, 4th of March, we know when it's got to be the last last, yep. Yep. last home game for the, for the Caps. Do it for Opal. Absolutely. <laughs> It's going to be uh, traditional cool. like the Anzac uh, Day game. Yeah, it's that's going to be it. the Opal game. Yeah. Because, <laughs> guys, guess what? My name has changed from Mum to Alex Bunter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's because of you, <laughs> <laughs> So we've got to keep it up. I can't let it down. <laughs> Very good. I'll make sure it gets yeah. out there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bunts, thanks so much for jumping on. No, thanks, guys. It's been guys. great having a, having a chance to have a chat to you. Yeah. And um, we're hoping that everything goes great for the game and also you've got everyone's support for the DV round. Yeah, great. Thanks so much, everyone. Everyone who's listening to you, thank you so much. And, yeah, it's just the beginning. Absolutely. Thanks, Bunce. Okay, so, guys, um, we're just going to... Um, <laughs> so, we're just going to start wrapping things up. Um, Simon, I just wanted to ask you... Right with your um, with your podcast. Yep. Where can people listen to the podcast? Uh, if you go to our probably the easiest way to explain it is people follow us on Instagram. So use the Caps Weekly. If you go into our bio, we've got a link straight to the podcast from there. But it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. But um, yeah, it's it, it sort of came together organically, so we're not quite as organised as you guys with uh, with <laughs> getting the info out about where it is and when you can listen and stuff. And yes, we are called UC Caps Weekly and we don't always come out weekly. weekly. <laughs> it's been a really busy season, like off the off, out of uh, the cap stuff as well. So yeah, we have been very slack this season, but um, somebody said we always try to get an interview like you guys. And last week we hadn't done one for about three weeks and we we pretty much just sat down and trawled through the last three rounds that we'd missed 
and I got this email going, that's the best podcast you guys have done. <laughs> it was fantastic. I just, I'd missed out on these games and I was able to catch up with you guys. <laughs> so it's good to know there's other people out there that aren't quite as organised as we are. But um, no, it's, it, we love doing it. It's, like I said, we, it's what we used to do. Every weekend is just sit on the couch at home and, and talk WNBL, and we thought, why not just stick a microphone in front? And somebody, a friend of ours, suggested it, and we went, yeah, okay, we'll give it a go. And it's, um, yeah, the sport's been great. And there's, there's such a, Michelle was alluding to before, there's just such a great community out there. And, they've, and they're really knowledgeable about basketball, too. You know, we talked about the trolls who will go get in there and go, yeah. oh, they suck. <laughs> and we're like, no, no, no. Snowflakes. The, the real people understand what's going on. and. And, and it'll be all right. But, um, yeah, it's it's just another part of the community here in, in Canberra that, that makes the entire thing such a, a, a success, whether we're winning games or not. And what about the commentary box this season? NBL 1 East starts in a week mm. from today. I remember you both used to commentate the gun, like the Gunners and the Nationals when uh, it was still live streamed through Facebook. Yeah, That's when we, we were still Waratah. So will yep. you guys be back in the commentary box? I've actually got a meeting, uh, a little conversation I want to have this week with uh, the powers that be about perhaps picking up that Nationals stuff again and with doing some similar stuff to what I've done this season uh, media-wise with the Nationals uh, because we've got three of our capitals in that program and uh, it's just a continuation of, like, you know, for... for for folks like us, basketball never sleeps. There's always something next. And uh, oh, listen, I need a week off before I. I'm commentating next weekend. And I haven't done any preparation. Yeah, I jumped well, on a Zoom call. That was it. We love that, and it's something that I, I personally would love to get back into doing the, the live game stuff. And uh, you know, when I've got an expert, literal expert, sitting <laughs> at my at my shoulder who can correct me when I say the wrong things, and uh, it's always much more fun too. So, because I, I, I don't know if we mentioned properly, because you did hint to it before, Michelle, but you were a, uh, the coach of the UC Cats back in the day, so when we say yeah. expert, we don't we don't <laughs> say it lightly. No, absolutely not. It was a long time ago. A long time ago. Still yeah. counts. Still, still counts. counts. They still, still counts. had peach baskets back then. So this would be the point when we're doing our podcast that I'd say something and he'd have to edit, edit it, it out. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, I deserve it. <laughs> At least you're able to recognise that, though. Yeah. And that's right. <laughs> But um, you've got three nationals, three cats playing in the nationals. So you've got Abby Solway, you've got Lizzie Tonks. And Chloe Tuliak. And Chloe Tuliak, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Three uh, stable members from last year's nationals teams, but I think Chloe had some injury at the tail end of the NBL 1 East season. But yeah. Yeah, that's great. Mm. And a few Nettie of them will have a little bit of injury at the beginning of this <laughs> NBL 1 season as well. Yeah. But and the other capital, of course, is Natalie Hurst, who comes back to Canberra and coaches them. Excellent. The Nationals and the Excellent. Yeah. Good to have her back, too. Mm. Absolutely. Okay, guys, thanks so much. It's been great talking to you. It's great being here. Can't wait for the game, which is going to start soon. Yep. And good luck for the NBL 1 season as well. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. No worries. We'll have to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. It's been great. I'm just so glad that Michelle and Simon have finally met Mary and Paul. <laughs> me and a couple of people in the middle that know both of you are like, yep. you're, just, you're just very similar in different states. I'm like, how have you not met yet? You're like parallel universe versions. Oh, I said to Michelle before, when we were on the way here, I said, 
I think Paul and Mary are kind of like us. Yes. With the Sydney Flames. So it's great. Putting it on paper, like, whoa, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you need to meet each other. Just like the Caps program, we're laying a strong foundation here moving forward. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we're going to do big things. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay, guys, thanks okay. so much. Thank you. Jacinta, thanks so much. And we'll be um, coming back with more podcasts soon.